Listen up, you primitive screwheads. It's time for Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's groovy to be square. On this episode, we hail to the king, baby. So grab your boomstick, your chainsaw, don't forget the magic words, because it's time for Evil Dead on Normies Like Us. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. One by one, we will paint you. This is my boomstick. Yo, she-bitch. Let's go. Hail to the king, baby. Welcome back to Normies Like Us. Guys, you heard up top uh, some words from the king. We might have had him actually here. That's right. We're talking Evil Dead on a special Spooktober Normies Like Us, guys, because it's still Spooktober month here in October uh, with your host, Colin. And Joe. Uh, just us this time, buddy. We're in the cabin. Um, Mike and Jacob told us to meet them here. They're nowhere to be found, so we're just kind of hanging out. It's a dark, stormy night. Um, it's very scary outside. <laughs> yeah, well, all they got to do is cross the bridge. They'll be here in no time, I'm sure. Yeah, and you know, you say that. I kind of wonder if they are here, because I keep hearing all this groaning and moaning from the cellar over here that seems Cellars to be barred so up. And, <laughs> yeah, you know what? We're not even going to deal with that, Normies. <laughs> we're hanging out, and like we said, we're going to be talking Evil Dead today, something super special, because Joe, would you say we love it more than anyone else on the planet? <laughs> I, I, I would, man. This is, without a doubt, the episode I'm most excited for. Uh, I, I, I pitched it last year as one of our Halloween episodes. You were really the only one who got behind on it. I'm glad we're doing it now because this might be the first time that I think we have two absolute experts on the, the subject, right? I mean, does anyone know more about this than us? I don't know. You you say that to a guy who, at 14 years old, stood in a line behind 200 other people just for a chance to see Bruce Campbell. Uh, yeah, I would say we're, we're pretty excited about this. Yeah. Uh, but you did just mention a point that I want to bring up. Normies, if you go back to our last Spooktober, uh, we did a Friday the 13th episode. And in that episode, we all went around and said, hey, out of the original three, who are your favorites? We're talking Freddy. We're talking Jason. We're talking Michael. Joe, when I asked you that, you said Ash from Evil Dead. <laughs> Hell yeah, baby. Now, why did you say that? Why is Ash your favorite character of all time in uh, horror? So, so look, you have a genre that is built on the villain. Uh, if you know me at all, you know that's not really my vibe. I'm, I'm a superhero kid. I've always identified with the hero, not the villain. That's just kind of what gets me into the media. For horror, which is also one of my favorite genres, you never see that. You, it's it's always like, oh, I hope those dumb teenagers get it. Not that you root for the dumb teenager in Ash. Oh my god, that is what he is. Yeah, you 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 get a a blue collar hero who is a little bit snarky. Uh, we'll talk about his evolution as a character uh, a little bit later. But like to start, he is just a, a guy who's away with his girlfriend has to cut off his own arm and become the the everyman, the the Bruce Willis in, you know, Nakatomi Tower, but instead it's a cabin in the woods and he's fighting zombies. It doesn't get any cooler than that to me. And what a hero you just brought up. The guy who, in the first movie, wants to get laid and kind of just get away from his, like, buzz-off sister. And then you've got the series that he ends up leading where people call him El Jefe, the savior of the future. He's <laughs> the in a post-apocalyptic one. world. He's the promised one. He, it's changed a little bit, yeah, hasn't it? The, You're right. The TPO, right? Like, like, that's not something that I think 
anyone could have seen uh, in this franchise. I bold statement. I'm I'm going to compare it to Star Wars. I think when making wow. Evil Dead, uh, Sam Raimi, Ted Raimi, Bruce Campbell, these guys who were just making a DIY movie in the woods created something so much bigger than themselves, just like George Lucas did with Star Wars. And it has spun off into this awesome franchise that has movies, TV shows, comics, video games. Normies like us, we're going to cover them all. All right, so let's just lay that out then. What's the niche to the normie of it? Would you say the normie is the horror people who know everything about, or I guess that's the niche, is like, oh no, it's the blood, it's the gore, you know, I, I subscribe to Shudder because I want the special features that they include with Evil Dead, oh my god, and the normies would be like, oh, I've seen Bruce Campbell in something. Uh, I, I think it's tough for Evil Dead because I think there's kind of like, there's almost like two levels of the niche, right? There's the niche horror fan who knows everything about the glide cam, which was, you know, revolutionized with this movie. It's just like 60 millimeter camera nailed down to a, to a two by four. Run, just get into the woods yeah. and run, baby. Uh, but then you have like people like you and I who absolutely fell in love with the lore, the, the time travel aspects, the hero that Ashley Williams becomes. So I think it's like, a, it's a mix of like pop culture niche horror niche comic niche and then the normie just being like oh yeah i've seen that movie it's creepy right in the woods or the normie of like i've seen it i didn't really get it Ah, uh, that is a shame because we'll talk about it over the course of this podcast but this is maybe one of the most important movies ever made we're gonna argue Oh, I'm down to argue that, man. Uh, and the last point I want to make is that, you know, we do the Legends episodes in the past. If you listen to my bad audio on the Bruce Lee, or if you listen to us talk about Stan Lee, Arnold Schwarzenegger, is this a backdoor legendary episode, Joe? Because Bruce Campbell is the character of Ash. Oh, yeah, man. I, I didn't even think about that way. I would also argue that it's a backdoor Legends uh, episode for Sam Raimi. Like, uh, two, two of the most uh, revolutionary people, like, obviously... Bruce Campbell means so much to us. Sam Raimi directed the first Spider-Man movie, which really helped create the 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 world that we have today. I don't think without that movie, you wouldn't have an MCU. Uh, so yeah, I think this is a, a double backdoor Legends episode on a spooktacular episode. Ooh, I love it. All right, spooky normies, then let's dive right in. Let's jump into the movies that make up Evil Dead. We're back, normies. We're talking Evil Dead. No, you wouldn't say it like that. If you ever watch the movie, you know it's a lot sillier than that. And we're talking <laughs> the movies. Uh, Joe, this is an interesting one, because this is horror. This is comedy. This is low budget. It's action-adventure, It's action-adventure. Like... It's maybe fantasy down the line. We'll yeah. talk about that a little bit. But first, you have to foremost talk about it's low budget. Like, that is what was incredible about this. When Sam Raimi was going out literally just making Super 8 films in Dearborn, Michigan with his best friend and brothers, that's what it was all about. Like, they, they, they were just doing it simple and easy. And when they were doing Evil Dead, they were like, well, let's just do it for that, too. Oh, man. The, the spirit of Evil of Dead, I think, is really like one of the reasons I wanted to be a filmmaker, right? It's one of the reasons I think we both moved out here. We're both trying to do what we're trying to do. Because these guys proved like, 
you and your buddies can go out and make something that's never been seen before. And, you know, you never know. Maybe it'll take off. Pre-YouTube generation we're talking about. We did not have the inspiration of, wow, people can just go out and do stuff. And you hear that now where everybody's like, you want to get famous making movies? Just go make the movies, baby. They buy yeah. anything and blah, blah, blah. That's not how it was. The closest you could get would be America's Funniest Home Videos, where you would see people <laughs> taping stuff, and then you watch Within the Woods, the first test for Evil Dead that he goes out and makes on a little bit of money, Sam Raimi, um, where you know they, they weren't trying to make a huge product. No. They were literally trying to go to hardware stores sell enough ad space just to buy the film to make the thing. Exactly. Like, that's what it's all about. This was this was literally a, a test for, for the idea that they could do something, right? And, uh, I mean, I, Sam Raimi dropped out of school, right? Like, this is not... He wasn't, he wasn't going to do the film school thing. He wasn't going to do that. He thought he could really do it himself. I mean, this is the beginning of the DIY horror uh landscape that has been created in I mean we've seen that continued right like the lights out guy uh Shazam <laughs> like is he the new David Sam F Sandberg Raimi? totally who Thank made you. a short sold it and then got to make the feature length film yeah I would argue and you're absolutely Shazam, right about that you know uh Sam Raimi went to do Spider-Man after that like these these people they're just proving that if if you have an idea, if you have something so visceral in your head and you have the means to make it happen, you don't need a, a you know a triple digits to make it happen. Like you don't need a a three hundred million dollar budget to make Evil Dead. All you need is a two by four and some fake blood. Oh, I love that. Um, let's go into our fandom just real quick. Do you remember in Bruce's book, If Chins Could Kill, uh, Confessions of a B Movie Star? Uh, do you remember him listing off the early recipes that they would use for the blood with the caro syrup and stuff like that, that he said, I, I've got this memorized because on those early productions, things were so cheap. I was the one who was mixing that stuff. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing that I adore about this franchise beyond the, 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 the meat of the movies that we will talk about. Just the uh, the idea behind it, right? That it is the star. It is the, the he's not sitting in a trailer. He's literally mixing the props. These guys are chipping their teeth doing the stunts. I mean, they're, it's all these five to six people who are totally committed to making something happen. Uh, get ready, Normies. I'm smiling and grinning through this entire episode because the niche stuff Joe is bringing up that is just making me flash in my mind of like the chip tooth. I'm surprised you didn't say the scar on the chin, baby. Yeah. Like fucking let's do it all that makes <laughs> Bruce Bruce. But- Oh, just another one I just want to point out from remembering. Do you remember this story? The golf-sized um, uh, contacts that they used to have to wear covering their eyes. They could not see when making those. Yeah. So, I mean, terrible. it's like absolutely insane, the 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 goal to make these movies, right? So we're, we're primarily talking about Within the Woods, which was the spec, I guess I would say. You know, the, the test footage to prove that they could make this thing. And Evil Dead, which they did exactly the same way. Within the Woods, 1978, like we said, a short-pitched film. Evil Dead not made until 1981 when it was released. So obviously there was a little bit of time there where they're like, we got to make this. Come on, we got to keep pushing. We got to keep going. Um, just a little bit of our background, Normies. Again, Joe and I are such super fans. I want to say five years ago, we went out to the Fox Theater and saw a film festival of all things Evil Dead, right? Um, yeah, five, years, five years, six years, seven. Got it was, at this point. Um, it was 2015. 
it's oh, 2019 wow. that's now, so blown so my mind technically four years yeah. uh when we went to that uh you know they they showed so much stuff and i was trying to think the other day because we saw actual film screenings of evil dead one evil dead two and then the lead up to the new film yeah, evil army dead. of darkness that was as well army of darkness um, and the whole point was that the remake had been coming out at that point that's what they were pushing but in my mind i was like did they show within the woods as well no, they showed the preview before Evil Dead One. Yeah, they showed. Uh, that was that was such a great event because they showed actual trailers that were uh, period specific. Yeah, yeah, like sixty millimeter trailers for B movies that like maybe never even happened. You know what Tra- I mean? Like stuff I have never fucking heard oh, of, yeah. dude. Um, all all three of the original movies and guest speakers like Ted Raimi, all of the 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 girls of the Evil Dead, right? Um, there were props like the original Necronomicon. Oh yeah, dude, truly a one of a kind of experience. It just felt like, um, you, you know, in Scream Two, where they go and see the screening of oh, Stab. Oh no, yes, like that's how it felt. <laughs> I should have died in the bathroom at some point. You're right, Joe. <laughs> uh, and of course, that was the the midnight lead up to the reboot. Ah, and just because you just said Scream, can we do a little shout out real quick with Wes Craven? What does he end up doing uh, with Evil Dead 2? There's a little handoff where in Evil Dead 2 they put in Freddy's glove because they had a bit of a chainsaw moment in one of the earlier Freddy's as well. So there's all that horror stuff handing off. You just got to love these guys. We'll talk all of the little connections to those when I go on my big rant about Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. No. Um. The first film, I, well, let me just even cut back to Within the Woods, because if we didn't see it at that film festival, I was trying to think, Joe, do you know like kind of when the first time you saw it? Because when we met in college originally, one of our bonding things in one of those early film school classes and one of those uh, film editing dungeons that we used to hang out in as well, was you and another guy were going to a signing with Bruce Campbell, where you guys were talking about how you were going to see some cool stuff there too. I think around that time, I finally tracked down Within the Woods. I had not seen it prior. Yeah, the... Um, it's not easy to come by, we should <laughs> the, say. The screening you're, you're talking about, we went to see uh, My Name is Bruce. Oh, God. Which was a... a his know, directorial debut. His directorial debut, a, a B-movie through and through about a B-movie actor who uh, you know has to become the hero that he plays on, on B-movies. Uh Awesome to see him again. I'll tell a little anecdote about what he said at that screening uh, a little later on. Um, But yeah, I think that was in in the film dungeon, there was an Evil Dead poster. And underneath that Evil Dead poster, you and I would scrape together 16 millimeter film that we would cut by hand. And I think within the woods, the first time we saw it was... Uh, a rip that someone had gotten and then put on YouTube that then was pulled from YouTube that we screened. It must have been like our Halloween party in 2007 oh, or something like that. That sounds right, dude. Yeah, I love that. It was that. pretty early. I'm thinking it was for sure an experience with you because, again, YouTube not really readily available No, it was, it was like literally like someone found it, screened it, put it up on YouTube, and then we screened it for, for a party we were having. And we will post it. We will let you guys check it out as well. Uh, it's a little bit different. Bruce is kind of the bad guy in that he ends up getting possessed at the end. It's short. It's not even 30 minutes. No, um, it's, I, th- I think, like like 14 minutes or something. I like believe, that. yeah. Yeah, it's pretty short. Um, but you see elements of that. You see the bones. Applied into other stuff, right? Like, because there is, a, by the time you get to Evil Dead 2, you see that. You get <laughs> you know, possessed, possessed Bruce. Ash uh, happen. 
I love that. Um, and then just beyond that, you know, again, it's an incredible first attempt for a young filmmaker. And when you're talking about the other movies, just to talk about something that sort of bugs me about the Evil Dead franchise, there are so many releases of so much of the material now where you're getting 4K restorations, director's cut, the fistful of boomstick cut, you know, the chainsaw <laughs> cut, and on and on and on. But on one of those, they do include Within the Woods. So if you want to check out stuff that way, like they've started to sort of collect it all together. Oh, man, I would love if they would release a, a Blu-ray put it in the Necronomicon and make it like every version within the woods, every commentary. Give me all of that, man. I would, I would eat it up. I'm a much dumber guy because as you were saying that my brain was flashing like, yeah, and it's a chainsaw that you like unfurl. It's like, no, the book's there, baby. <laughs> it's book, it's yeah. easy. <laughs> you just go for the obvious wow. one. Uh, but let's go ahead and jump into evil dead one. Like, Dave, I don't know if you got any special points you want to bring up for this one, but to me, I, again, I, one question before we jump into please. evil dead one. Uh, what was the first movie in this franchise that you saw? Because I, I think this is rare. Usually when you when you talk about a film franchise, everyone saw the first one, You right? start with when the first you, one. When you talk about Star Wars, oh, I saw A New Hope first. That's not necessarily the case with Evil Dead. No, definitely not. And I would say that the one that I was first aware of was Army of Darkness. But I can say without a doubt, Joe, and I hate to kind of be like an outlier here or whatever, but I saw Evil Dead early because my dad was like, you have to see this movie. It's so interesting. So he showed me the first one. And I remember my brother, who is three years older than me, being so affected by the tree rape scene that he was like, I'm done. I am out on all of this. And I was like, I am in. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah, my brother was seven years older than me. He had a buddy who was a little punk rock. Uh, saw Evil Dead 2 when I was like... Evil Dead 2 first. Evil Dead 2 first when I was maybe like six. Wow. <laughs> yeah, was no, I was probably 10 or 11 by yeah. my time seeing one. That's a little young to see two. Two a little campier and more fun, but ooh, buddy, that's that's maybe traumatizing. <laughs> no, man. Like, I, I, it started a, a, a lifelong love for it. But we're talking about one. We're talking, we're talking about, about one. You know, you mentioned two is a little more campy. One is a straightforward cabin in the woods horror movie. Did it invent the cabin in the woods genre? It's so interesting that you say that. The fact that there is a meta movie that should just be called We Are Ripping Off Evil Dead is very I strange. <laughs> I know. But yeah, like you just said, we talk about it so much. Inventing something on this podcast. Yeah. fact that. To make to be in Michigan with a bunch of other college students, college student dropouts, young adult people working on something for we're not kidding here, folks, under fifty thousand dollars total. Oh yeah, uh, I think it was under thirty for the yeah, first. Yeah, I mean one, yeah. not even close, right? And it actually ends up getting in theaters, and from that point on, people are like, "We want to steal that genre. That is our genre. We will make stuff like that from here on out." You gotta feel pretty fucking good if you're Sam Raimi. Oh, Sam Raimi and Ted Raimi, Ivan Raimi, and, and Ivan Raimi. Sorry, <laughs> he's always left out. I feel bad about that. He's a dentist. We don't even want him here. Get out. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know they they invented that genre, and your first movie is a fucking cult classic right out the gate. Like, that's something to acknowledge. I mean, we got, I think it's like a six-year time gap between Evil Dead One and, and Evil two. Dead 2. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and in that time, I mean, this movie was, oh, if you can get your hands on it, you have to see Evil Dead. If you missed it in theaters, like, limited VHS runs. I mean, this was 
the the Poughkeepsie tapes of its time. I mean, it was... Sorry, I just blacked out. <laughs> it was Don't the, ever say that again. The, the tough movie to track down, right? It was the hard to watch. You, you mentioned it. There's a tree rape in this movie. There, there is blood and gore in this movie on a grounded, real, scary level that people had not seen before. Yeah, you gotta wonder about the rating board and the rating system. But you bring up an incredible point, because when I always talk about this, it's not even the research for this podcast, that's the sad thing. I've had so many just outside conversations with everyone in my life about Evil Dead. <laughs> but I was asking my dad, and I was like, so why was it so interesting? So you have to understand, by the time Evil Dead 2 came out, where you could actually track it down and see it, there was just so much mythology built around Evil Dead 1. I had only seen it one time at a friend's house, blah, blah, blah. You're like, oh my God, that does sound incredible. You know, we talk a lot about like event television this day and age, but we didn't really live through event movies where it's like this... Gone uh, with the Wind, yes. the road show. <laughs> Psycho, you know, showing totally. like, the first toilet. Um, it, and lines it, around the block because of it. Yeah, you know, Rosemary's Baby, people throwing up in the theaters. Like, that was Evil Dead, man. Like, this this was something that people had never seen before. Uh, so it becomes this huge rage. I gotta ask you this now, just because we've said it so many times. Do you like the title Evil Dead? Yeah, I love it. what do you like about it i I love that it's so ingrained in me uh which is is it's kind of a ripoff answer it's because it's like well it wouldn't be there if it didn't already exist no but i get what you're saying yourself someone would have called a movie evil dead at some point that would have happened oh i think about that with robocop all the time like you just figured it out (laughs) robocop would have been the title (laughs) of a movie figured out what kids like evil and dead come together yeah and it's like i don't know man i talked I talked in werewolves about like like punk rock uh, mythology and punk rock filmmaking and and to me like that's yeah fucking Evil Dead bam smash it together the trees are raping people oh, <laughs> it's, no. it's brutal it's it's in your face it's cheap um, but it's visceral and I think Evil Dead hits all of those points becomes this huge sensation you know people want to see it so much that we get Evil Dead two Dead by Dawn. Uh, just real quick, it would have been two on the nose for you alternate titles that they had the Necronomicron. Uh, I don't. It's it's. Too, I don't think it would have what become would the, the TV series have been. You're exactly. Yeah. You know, it doesn't roll off not the tongue. Bankable, totally. Yeah. The Necronomicon Ex Mortis. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Ash versus the Necronomicon. Yeah. It's like, oh, all right, yeah. Season three, yeah. It uh, wouldn't. It wouldn't happen. No. But what did happen was Evil Dead, Dead by Dawn, uh, the sequel film. Now, this is rough for me, Joe, because we're talking 1987. Like you said, a couple years later. Is it a sequel? No. I mean, like we've, we, we've talked about this off, off pot it's a bunch. It's the strangest case uh, in history it's here, a remake. folks. It's a remake of the first movie. Called Two. Yeah, and, and Sam Raimi has said, you know, this is what would happen if I had the money to make the movie I wanted to make in the first place. And, you know, you said it's a little slapstick here because this was the first one I saw. This was my first influence with Evil Dead. Uh, you can really feel the Three Stooges vibe, a, a huge uh, influence of <laughs> Sam Raimi. He's talking oh, about three of those idiot vibes. brothers. Yeah, go figure. Yeah, yeah. Who would have thought, right? This guy in Michigan would have fallen in love with, with three slapstick brothers. But like, I mean, the, the eyeball right like flying through gets stuck in his throat it's such 
weird physical comedy mixed with like a gross gore aspect. I mean, it's almost like Cronenberg-y, right? I love that. That's a great one. I was just thinking tonally, and you know, this means nothing to you listeners, but just for me personally, any work that I do artistically, I think might be more influenced by anything than anything else is the scene where he's sitting in the cabin and the deer just starts laughing and then the other stuff starts laughing and then he starts laughing. He turns to the camera and the whole room goes up and down. Yeah. That might be it, Joe. Like, yeah, that I, might be I, me at my core. It's yeah, like, yeah, a guy losing his mind. Like, truly, I think about that scene, I would say maybe once a week. Yeah, no, I, um, <laughs> I too much information. I was in the grocery store with Cassie the other day, and I just started laughing. <laughs> like, it was because I was annoyed at other people. I was going to say, and like, then you cut your hand off. <laughs> she was like, it's like being in with a werewolf. And I was like... <laughs> No, it's, 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 that's the ash in me. It's just uh, like overwhelmed. Like, yeah, I'm just going to laugh. It's too, it's too much. Uh, but I think that, that, that really cuts the core of what we try to do in our work, right? I mean, is this where we got our genre bending that we're so obsessed with? It's a little with? dark. It's a little real. But at the end of the day, you got to laugh. Yeah, but I know day, that everybody's kind of doing that now, but the, the true undercutting, dark, grim joke of it all, a lot of people don't land that anymore. Like people say, oh, well, the Marvel Universe undercuts itself with jokes all the time. Eh, not in the same way as the Evil Dead. The jokes aren't as harsh. No, yeah. like where truly a girl just got raped by a tree and then like... I, it's cr- you're laughing that you cut your own hand off and the hand's trying to choke you and it's trying to poke your eyes out like the Three Stooges. Yeah. I love... A, a weird moment to talk about in Evil Dead 2, and I don't think this has ever happened before, especially at its time. I mean, I think we'll see something like this again, and people will say, like, oh, that never happened. Maybe maybe in Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Ooh, uh, like, mark I'll call it. that out. People might say that. Um, but the moment in Evil Dead 2 where he goes to get the chainsaw like he did in Evil Dead, and it's not there. And then the headless body runs in with the chainsaw. Oh, that scares that's, me, dude. That's a meta joke. Yeah. That's a meta joke about a movie that only a few thousand people had the opportunity to see in theaters. You gotta have balls to do that about oh, your own work already. You sure do, man. As your second movie. Like, that to me is just like, yeah, of course you're gonna create your own universe. Of course, like, that is the core of filmmaking is being self-reflexive. And, like, Sam Raimi hit that on the fucking head his second outing. Ah, I love that. And let's just talk again. Self-reflexive. A guy who's in this movie remaking the first movie. But let's talk about some of the weird differences, like the end of the film, which a lot of the Evil Dead universe, unfortunately, has pick-your-own-endings. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. yeah, I choose the one that leads into the next film where, of course, he goes through time, blah, 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 uh, and gets sucked in the portal. Uh, again, not in the first one because they didn't have the special effects budget and range and stuff. Yeah. Uh, we talked a bit about the possession. Ash gets infected by... The I, Necronomicon? Yeah, but what what would you call that otherworldly force, the glide cam that you talked about before? The, what we're supposed to believe is a demon just flying oh, through the air, possessing does it people. Get a name? Do they ever? I'm just thinking franchise. I'm trying wise. to think if it yeah. gets a name in season three of the Kandarian demons, Day. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But that's just a general that they do. No, I mean, there's like, there's some... there's like Bagul by like the second one where I'm like, oh, wasn't that that guy in those movies? Yeah, I don't think. <laughs> Think, I don't think it has. I mean, I think it's just the spirit. The of spirit the of the evil dead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, I mean, you know, maybe even he that is just, the evil dead. Truly, 
Oh, we'll talk about that with Walking Dead. How dare you? But as it flies in, hits him, and he's possessed outside, we see new rules. Sunlight breaks that possession when it finally comes dawn, a new day at the end of Evil Dead 2. Um, I love all that stuff. I oh, yeah. We talked about it. It is the superior film. It's just awesome in every way, plot-wise, the action. The fact that it truly is anchored by one guy is remarkable. Yeah. I mean... It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't lose its sense of of punk rock, right? Like it doesn't feel less grounded or like you know. I mean, he says it's it's the movie I would have made if I had the budget. It's not like the budget was three hundred million, and he's got like the fucking Incredible Hulk coming through. No, the budget was like I want to put an eyeball on a wire and have a guy swallow it. I want to hire my brother to be a big fat lady. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. okay. I <laughs> think we can make her have that long yeah. neck. Yeah, we'll put some vomit tubes up there and blah, yeah. we'll just have it spray everywhere. Oh, that's where you're putting the money? Yeah, dude. And then we're fans. We're fucking eating it up because he is putting it in the right places. He's putting it all up on the screen, which you got to give him credit Practical for. Practical effects, man. And like, you know, I, I guess this is my tangent I'll make about Bruce Campbell as an actor. I don't think uh. he gets enough credit for how fucking incredible Bruce Campbell is as a physical actor. You know, like we made the joke about the the, the chip tooth, the, the scar. This guy literally does a fucking front flip like he's like making an Abbott and Costello book as himself. You uh. know what I mean? Like it's it's one dude doing all of this. The whole scene where he fights his hand is incredible and it is all the action of one dude. Yeah, man, and he just commands that screen. That's interesting. I love the man as much as you, like truly maybe more than any other actor on the planet. That's so interesting. I don't know. Do you think he got the lot he deserves? Is he the king of B, and is that where he should have been or at the bottom of the A? I I think he got... I think he's a very lucky man, and I think he knows he's a very lucky man. That's a, I love that answer. And he, he smiles, he winks, he's a guy who loves what he does. Oh, can I spoiler alert for you? I told you off pod, I'm watching the show Lodge 49, an AMC original right yeah. now. Uh, I'm well into the season, it's 12 episodes long. Season, season, episode 7, by that point. Season long, they're going, we've got to meet this guy, he's like our white whale, he's a building developer... He's a wild guy. We have to figure out who he is. We have to sell him this property, blah, 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 blah. Joe, it ends up being Bruce Campbell. Fuck yeah. Now, the look on my face when El Jefe comes on the screen, the boss, the king, the man himself, you know, he's got the big gut. He's got the gold chains dripping off him. He's getting massages from women. He's drinking champagne in every scene. It's awesome. Like, he just <laughs> plays the character so... He's the smarmy guy. He's the he's the cocky asshole. He was as Ash. He's maniac cop, right? I mean, he's, oh, he's yes. Bubba Hotep. He is the the true king of B. Um, and I think, like, he wears that honor uh, proudly, you know? I mean, I guess... Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell the story now, right? When we saw My him... My name is Bruce. Uh, and I'm sure, I'm sure you have a million women, too. When we saw him for the My Name is Bruce screening, uh, the movie plays, it ends, and someone obviously had to pee really bad. And at the second it hits the credits, it, the, the guy, like he's like a couple rows behind me, gets up and darts to the exit. And he knows that Bruce is going to be coming out for a Q&A. So that's why he's running so fast. Oh. And uh, Bruce, as this kid is rounding the corner, comes out and goes... Bet you didn't expect that ending. Where are you going? Get back in your seat. And the kid, I shit you not, just turns around and oh, gets back in his absolutely. seat. Absolutely. Halfway through the Q&A, Bruce goes, 
You know, you can go to the bathroom. I was just kidding. <laughs> it's like incredible. Insane. He's the king. I'll tell mine real quick. Yeah, I saw him for uh, Bubba Hotep. You know, we we got the book signing, but then that was sort of the first screening that we saw separately. But at the book signing, he came out. He made a little speech in front of people. He had recently done Sky High, mm-hmm. the weird Disney film. Uh, and he had said at that point, everybody was like, wow, what's it like working for Disney? He said, they pay you like family. <laughs> I just remember that sticking with me forever. I'm pretty sure that's where guy. I've gotten the saying from that I say all the time. I love it. Yeah. Look, Bruce infects all of our lives. But at the end of the day, he signed a book for me with my two other friends. Uh, we went to that screening because I had bought a camera at that point, inspired by seeing Evil Dead 1. And we were young kids. We wanted to make movies. And we told him that. And he said, hey, you guys are fine young fellows then. Never stop believing in that and do what you do. And again, I maybe think about that once a month, guys. So. The chin said to make it happen. It's, you exactly. have to. It has to. Just while we're talking books, did you ever read his novel, Make Love the Bruce Campbell Way? I also yes. went to that book I signing. I never read it. I yeah. own it. That might be the one I crack open this summer, Joe. Please do, man. Yeah, um, If Chins Could Kill is a hand-me-down for my brother, and then I got Make Love the Bruce Campbell Way on my own. Yeah, and it's a weird novel. Obviously, If Chins Could Kill, an autobiography. That would be the one that I would recommend just if you are film buffs, because we're not kidding. There's a chapter about the fake blood, how they made Evil Dead, what it was like trying to get agents, producers, managers involved. Like, it's a pretty handy tool. It's like the Robert Rodriguez guerrilla uh, filmmaker book. What was that called? What they don't... Oh, Rebel Without a Crew. Ooh, That's very nice, Paul. Yeah, um, yeah I, th- I think what else is great about that book, too, is it kind of... It tells you, like... Oh, you you made something that people care about. What happens next? Which I think yes. is really interesting. That's a part of the story that a lot of people don't hear. You know, you 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 hear like Sam Raimi made Evil Dead, and next thing you know, he's directing Spider Man. He's a very famous man. Yeah, it it doesn't really work like that. And if Jins could kill, kind of kind of fills in the. Uh, oh, here's all the bullshit I had to do. Yeah. Mm. Of like what it's really like, man. Before you're making sci-fi original channel movies. Oh. <laughs> Don't you, don't you dare besmirch our king. I never would. Uh, but you were talking about moving in the future. If you don't have anything else to say about Evil Dead 2, let's jump to its sequel then if you want to talk Army of Darkness. Army of <laughs> Darkness, man. Again, I said this was the one that I was first familiar with because as a young man, people, like I would go over to kids' houses, their older brothers would have Army of Darkness posters. They were, I, I don't know if you remember, you said Star Wars before. It's him sort it's of It's a Star looking, Wars poster. It's, I mean, yeah. it's such a ripoff. It's like ridiculous. Arms up in the air, big shadowy heads in the background. His so chainsaw much. is yeah. the lightsaber. It's I mean, it is exactly a Ralph McQuarrie like, like poster. Bullshit. Fucking yeah. bullshit, Joe. I love it. Um, what are your thoughts on this one? Again, this is a weird tone shift. It gets a lot more studio involved. 1992 action adventure film? Yeah, I would say action horror. I would say the first one's straight horror. Second one's comedy horror. This one's action adventure horror. Okay, but you're only saying horror because there are skeletons in it. Is yeah. That, is that the only reason why? Yes <laughs> and no. I mean, Evil Ash himself is, is, very is, scary. is a pretty spooky design. And there's a... My favorite scene in that movie is where I think it's like the chamber lady gets turned 
and someone goes to like grab her and he stops him and he's like, it's a trap. Get my chainsaw. And then it like pops up and they have a little fight scene. That to me was like, okay, it's still Sam Raimi, you know? Like, yeah. It's still got but it is an action. Like it, the stakes yeah. really did feel higher. I remember as a kid thinking like, I just love how this has grown because he's the hero for other people. Now he's yeah. been my hero before. I and love Ash Williams. The promised one. Oh no. TPO baby. Uh, you wouldn't have the mummy with Brendan Fraser without Army wow, of Wow, totally true. You wouldn't have you, And you mean with Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I meant with Tom Cruise. <laughs> uh, but you know, the the idea of like the horror hero is, is something that only existed through Evil Dead. Uh, you know, you're not really rooting for Van Helsing in the old Boris Karloff movies. You don't really give a fuck about that old dude. You know, it's not until you get uh, Bruce Campbell that you would even have the idea of Hugh Jackman being Van Helsing or, or Brendan Fraser as Rick O'Connell hunting mummies, right? Like that, like that genre is totally new. No, you're totally right. And, and Army of Darkness, I think, was the point where it's like, okay, we're in 1300 AD because he goes through a portal and he is uh, teaching King Arthur how to how to hunt deadites. Yeah, that doesn't Madness. make any sense. Um, one of the points my brother would always point out to me as being like genius, later when they're making the metal hand, they pull out the chemistry and engineering books that he just happened to have in his trunk. And my brother would go, oh, so clever. So clever. He just had those books. They can use us back in time. I'm like, that's well, kind of clever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that it's that great. And then I just always wondered so much about how back in the day they were able to make a hand that works. But that's something the franchise is just going to hold that's on to what forever. You're about yes. It. <laughs> <laughs> I used to think about that. I'm not kidding all the time. Like, wow, they understood that book. That's crazy, Colin. You shouldn't have been hung up on that. Um, I love the the mini ashes, uh, Sheila, evil Ash Prime, who we'll, we'll learn is as obviously a big character as these mythos continue. I like the idea that it's. I think the first line in that movie is my name is Ash and I'm a slave or something like that. Yeah, as he's like being pulled through yeah. the desert. Um, you know what I, my biggest regret about that movie is that they don't keep the two white strikes that appear at the end of yes. Evil Dead. Yeah. Do you think about that all the time? I no, I don't, but that time. is incredible because I forgot yeah. about it until he said it right as he's being pulled into the portal. Yeah, it's yeah, he has like Mr. Fantastic yeah. style white streaks in his hair. Yeah, why didn't they keep uh, those? I wish they would have kept those. That's all I think about. Vanity. <laughs> Bruce Campbell vanity. Yeah. Um, and this is really where you start to get the ash attitude. This is where you get the, all right, your primitive screw heads, boomstick. Yeah, I know your words. Like this is, you know, the, the attitude really comes to life in Army of Darkness. You almost wonder if he was becoming such a big character. That's why they couldn't have another lead actor to be the villain in the film. And they're like, let's just let Bruce just do Bruce two of them. It's yeah. like, yeah, let's just let Bruce get all of this out. Cause truly he does bring it, dude. Yeah. Oh man, I I love it. Um, it's not my favorite in the franchise. My my favorites. It's hard with the medieval stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, the the time travel. It's not. It's not so much even the time travel. It's the medieval stuff. Like, yeah, I I, I like him more when he's the. No one really believes him. He's got to figure it out on his own, um, and not the like. Oh wow, his arm is a magic wand. Yeah, I always liked how the video games progress the story forward, opposed to like you're saying, because then you just. It is an action adventure, and again, you can see the bones of literally... Sam Raimi makes these choices where he's like, I will never get to make a sword and sandals, like, sort of magic, old-school medieval movie. Why not do it with that weird horror franchise So this is what that is now. 
I mean, it really is the quest, right? Like he he has to find totally. the, find the book, say the words. Like it, it, you know, he travels along almost like a Homer's Odyssey style. Yeah, and again, he's alone for a lot of it. The fact that he knew the bread and butter of the franchise was stick the camera at Bruce, even if he's alone, even if he has no one else in the scene with him, he will still chew the scenery so much he will basically eat through another actor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you get like, you know, playing on that, the mini ashes that is an exact like him fighting his hand. What if you fought a bunch of little versions of him? Like, it's crazy, man. Yeah, and there's no Three Stooges in any of that. Oh, yeah. God. that's <laughs> it, it loses me a little bit when it gets so screwball-y. It's, Army of Darkness is very screwball-y and very action-adventure-y. Um, that's why Evil Dead 2, to me, is, is the best in the franchise. We're talking Pinnacle. We're talking Prime. But it's tough because Army of Darkness really creates the character that is Ash, right? I mean, that's, you know, do you think he'd be who he is in further iterations or in the comics or video games. If he didn't have the experience of like, yeah, I'm the fucking promised one. Okay. <laughs> like King Arthur named me his successor. That is again, interesting. I wonder just because of the time periods that we grew up in, if we're getting too much supplementary material, or if we just became so familiar with Bruce, because like you're saying, the character is evolving in the third film, but Joe, let me tell you the drought real quick that we had to grow up with in the 2000s. Army of Darkness 1992, Evil Dead remake 2013. Mm-hmm. That's 11 years. Yeah. Where we're just like, well, I wonder if they'll make another Evil Dead one day. Going to? Um, I'll tell another story about My Name is Bruce screening real quick. That movie came out in 2008, maybe somewhere around there. And that's when I was going to that screening. And uh, it was right after Kingdom of the Crystal Skull had just come out. Every question, Joe, had to be. So every question was, are you going to play Ash again? Are you going to play Ash again? And Bruce said, you guys like Indiana Jones? The crowd went wild. Yeah, we love Indiana Jones. Did you see uh, that new Indiana Jones movie? Did you like that new Indiana Jones yeah, movie? Yeah, we did, Bruce. Oh, no, the crowd was like, boo, boo, oh, boo. boo. And, then, and, and that's when he was like, yeah. And that's why I won't be Ash again. No. So in 2008, he wrote it off. It'll never happen again. Wow. Flash forward to 2013. We're getting a remake. You think nails in the coffin then, right? We're at the screening. You and me are watching it. (laughs) I do think this. Yes, you're talking about my emotions as it's happening. (laughs) What then happens at the end of that film to make me go, oh, wait. Groovy. And what is it, Joe? In it's, in hindsight, it's, it's, it's nothing. <laughs> like it's absolutely nothing. The Abe Ferreira is that who made that remake? I guess we should talk about. It. It's not a bad movie. Yes, um, it's it's not a great movie either, though. Like it kind of just tries to gross out the first one. I actually like it a lot. Um, um, it's it's okay. Yeah, I don't like dislike you said, it. But. What I hate is, is that the posters did say it is the goriest film of all time. That is how it was advertised. That seemed to be what they were going for. But I like Jane Levy, and it had a weird addiction substory. Diablo Cody, uh, you know, did a cleanup on it supposedly that ended up getting She's it credited, pretty close think, to. Right? Oh yeah, there yeah. you go. Eh. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't hate it, but it's not. Uh... It doesn't have the staying power that the original franchise has, and I think that's because as much as you like Jane Levy, she's no Bruce Campbell. Like, like it's lacking that uh, that central hero, and the whole time it kind of dances around it, right? I mean, she pulls the chainsaw at one point. She doesn't 
cut off her hand, someone else cuts off their hand. Right. So if you have to reverse engineer all that stuff, Joe, where you're like, the Necronomicron's in the basement, that's how it is in the first one, she's the hero, she'll lose the hand, there will be chainsaw stuff. Is that something you would feel forced to include? Maybe he was. I don't know. I like. I really don't know if at the end of the movie... Well, this is Evil Dead. Well, no. Evil yeah. Dead is that movie they made, and a lot of that is because of Bruce and Sam. Well, and so... if I knew at the end of the movie Bruce Campbell was going to show up, put on his chainsaw, rev it, and say groovy, I wouldn't <laughs> feel like I needed to include any of it, right? Yeah, I wouldn't need to see any but of it. But do you think they knew that when they were making the movie? Yes, and that they would then know that people would have a bad reaction to not having Bruce in it. And then again, you know, just if Hollywood, just secrets I would love to know. How much did he get paid to just say groovy at the end of a feature just film released by Sony? Post-crest, post-crest but by thing. a big company, you yeah. know, them trying to cash in on something that these young people had made in, in Michigan earlier in the century, you no. know? It's like, it, that's just so strange. 30 dude. years earlier, essentially. Close to, right? I mean, we're at uh, 30 years was in 2008. So that's like wow. 40 years ago. Yeah, it's crazy. And like, obviously the remake didn't go anywhere. We didn't, no, we didn't I, so we just sequel. saw the remake of the remake of that, Joe. Evil Dead 2 too. <laughs> <laughs> Evil 2, dead or by midnight. <laughs> yeah, truly. Uh, I don't know. That yeah. would not have, I mean... Like I said, I'm a fan of it. I would urge you to check it out. Normies, if you're the normies who are like, no, no, I like Evil Dead, but I'm not going to check out the new stuff. It's there for you. It's got a lot yeah. of the same beats. It's it's a horror movie. If you like horror movies that are tight and intense and full of grossness. And yeah. a little more hostile than Evil Dead, unfortunately. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't have the slapstick aspects at all. But again, it's a remake of Evil Dead. It's not a remake of Evil Dead 2. Very true. And you got to wonder if somebody like Diablo Cody, who in her movies, uh, Jennifer's Body, has characters wearing Evil Dead shirts, clearly a fan, uh, said that. You're you're right. Pointed out, no, 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 we're making a serious movie. The second one's the silly one. Yeah. I don't know, but it's pretty humorless. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 pretty, pretty serious, pretty straightforward. I mean, the, the tongue split, I remember, is pretty intense. Well, just uh, she has a clone at the end, and it's you know obviously that's very much like the future movies, but it's very unwarranted in that particular film because she's still alive and it comes out of the ground somewhere else, and you're yeah, like, what does any of this a mean? Real running yeah, point. Uh, you know, it's it's no cabin in the woods, and it's not really a continuation of Evil Dead like we see in Ash versus the Evil Dead. Right? Dun dun dun. So this was, I mean, I, do you remember the first time they announced that this was happening? Yes, and we're talking 2015, like you said before, three seasons. Obviously, when it was announced, we didn't know that. And again, I was just so happy to see the man again. And it's it just could have like, been one episode, yeah, exactly. and I would have been so happy. It's like, as it was trickling out, you're like, whoa, Sam's going to produce it and, and write the pilot? He's not going to direct any, but but some of the other brothers will, and you know, all the energy will be there, and Bruce is in all of it? I'm in. I'm in. 100%. Like that, It, it could have just been the pilot, and it would have been enough for me. Like, I, I adore that show. Uh, it's not perfect. It's very not good, actually. Yeah. <laughs> the red, white, and blue season that seems to become the last one where they seem to just, for some reason, move towards, like, a political bend. It's uh, it's very strange. <laughs> the red, white, and blue season is the last one? I thought that was season two. Oh, is that season two? And then season one is the 
Apocalypse one. Yeah, season one, one is the, the only daughter. one that I enjoy. Specific shout out to, I think, episode three or four where they go to the bookstore and it's a completely self-contained episode oh, there. Oh, the two uh, Eyeless dudes. Yes. Yeah, that's a great episode. Yes. Shout out writer um, Sean Clements. Oh, yeah, and a, a bunch of practical effects throughout the series. Um, you know, the, the whole premise of season one is trying to convince him that he was insane too and that none of this had ever happened. We see that come back up in season... I think that's season two where we see that come back with his dad who's played by the six million dollar man um lee major or you know ashy slashy you ashy were, slashy you, i'm obsessed with ashy i would like people. to own an ashy slashy puppet by the I, way <laughs> it's made by NECA. it's gorgeous i have it on my uh, desk at work oh <laughs> so cool um, yeah i'm so I mean, jealous I'll, I'll i'll do a little segment at some point where it's like man we're, we're sitting in we're sitting in my office right now as we record this uh there is a NECA Ash figure on display in my living room because it's Halloween and he's fighting Freddy and Jason. Oh, no. Uh, there's a Mezco Ash figure over here. There's an Ash portrait on the wall and there's another Ash action figure in my display. Damn, like, son. Yeah, like, I love this character, man. And yeah, it's not a perfect show, but bringing him back at all makes it worth it to me. Let me ask you this. Another wild element to bring into the show uh, Ruby Noby, aka Lucy Lawless. Joe, Zena, were, you, were you a Xena fan? I never watched the uh, show. Unfortunately, I've seen some of it. I've seen some of it. It wasn't, you know, I, I've seen some of that and some of Hercules. Neither one was my end all be all. But you know who's in it? Uh, Bruce, baby. Yeah. Yeah, of course. The um, King of Thieves, I believe he plays a recurring character. Yes, he yeah. does in both of those shows. But you yeah, know what was character. my my show like that was Jack of All Trades. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst podcast for no, anybody to listen podcast. to. Jack of All Trades was Bruce Campbell in that role as a French uh, spy. No, he was an American spy in France. In France. And he would wear like a Zorro-esque <laughs> mask. Uh, it had a... a, a a theme song with lyrics that everyone yes. would sing as they walk towards the camera. Yeah. A talking parrot. Like, yeah, like that was my show because it was Bruce. Napoleon I mean, was played by a little person, I believe. Yes. Because uh, of the rumors that he was so small. Mm-hmm. Um, it always bugged me that Netflix never picked that up and to pair it with Aziz Ansari's show. Jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> it is on, uh, that's Colin, that's a great joke. That's a terrible uh, joke. It is all on YouTube, though. So you can oh. track down Jack of all trades. Oh, wow. As a young man, I got all the Briscoe County Junior DVDs <laughs> from uh, from Netflix very early yeah. on. Uh, my father and I, I remember watching that series and being like, eh. Does Bruce get his best lot in life? I don't know. I, I maybe he deserves yeah, these things because he, it's such a bad he's show. He's a very lucky man he's, to have anything. I love that, that he's you had. just keep saying that and smiling. I love Bruce. He's a very lucky yeah, man. And we are to have look, man. Like he is, and in Ash vs. the Evil Dead, you really get it. The the blue collar. He just wants to move to Jacksonville. He wants to go to Jacksonville, Florida. He's obsessed with it. Let's talk about in the pilot where you get to see where Bruce's body has ended up, and you. <laughs> see him sort of strap himself in into fighting form you're right i mean it is self-referential to the fact that I, now i can't stop thinking about him thinking about indiana jones yeah. oh dude i love it i love it um we should say it was canceled it's it's done that was it, it i'm sorry because you had your stars subscription and you're so broken up about it <laughs> nobody had stars uh, joe that was the issue if yeah, it was yeah, on it was. anything else it would have done That's good true. um We'll talk more about the future, I guess, towards the end. But, like, it was on the chopping block multiple times. 
Um, Every season. Yeah. And then at the end, they were finally like, this is it. And it gets a send off, man. It is uh the act the actual apocalypse happening and bruce gets knocked out and he wakes up and it's 50 years in the future okay hold on (laughs) that's the promise no he has to he has to get inside a tank shells bullet fires himself into a skyscraper sized demon to maybe save the day and then exactly like you're saying wakes up 50 years in the future it is the apocalypse outside uh he wakes up in a cryo chamber with his hand fully grown back i think it's like luke skywalker super prosthetic yeah i think it's a i think it's a robot hand but it's just really good because <laughs> then the lady who like walks him through is she's like half robot yeah so this bimbo smoke show <laughs> walks out who is like half robot we've never seen this character before says come on the chosen one it's time el jefe he gets in his car i mean which is we should talk about the oldsmobile that's been throughout everything. sam raimi's uncle ben's all of car. his stuff uncle ben's car you know it's in everything he gets in it's that the death coaster oh my god and then just mad maxes it up yeah goodbye evil dead goodbye evil dead maybe it's a great transition to the comic books i'll tell you that because we've seen that in the comics all right well let's go ahead and dive in on there uh normies we're gonna be talking evil dead comic books so let's go ahead and open up that necronomicon brata necktie We're back. We're opening up the pages. We're talking. Oh, hold on. This book's biting my finger. Look, look, get off me there. And we're talking the comic books of Evil Dead. Uh, there are a thousand comic books of Evil Dead, Joe. Oh, yeah. I mean, since 1992, they have been making comic books. Um, pretty much all of them, regardless of who had the rights at the time, are under the Army of Darkness banner. Uh, so if you're looking for these as a fan, you're going to want to search Army of Darkness comics. Yeah, Dark Horse had Army of Darkness and then eventually Evil Dead 2 comics, but if you're talking Dynamite, which is the primary series and kind of the one that we're going to be talking about, it's Army of Darkness, Army of Darkness, Army of Darkness. Yeah, and even like the the Dark Horse is really weird. I mean, this is a franchise that was plagued with like weird rights issues because, I mean, who would have thought that people care so much about this character they want to see him continued, right? Like that didn't we happen. Do. Yeah, that didn't happen until people like us, people, people who were post Evil Dead or post Army of Darkness. Like, man, I want to see more Ash. We get more Ash. We get lots more Ash. Can you imagine an alternate universe where they're like, people love this Freddy Krueger guy. Let's keep these Freddy comics going, baby. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, you were getting everything you pretty much needed in the movies. But like you said, we didn't really know the character of Ash until Army of Darkness. And then that ends in such a weird cliffhanger too. Come and get some, baby. Uh, where you're like, oh, I would really like to see more of this. Please continue. Uh, and continue, they do, man. Uh, you have so the first the first couple iterations are just uh, novelizations, right? They're just uh, here's Army of Darkness, he's here's Evil Dead, here's Evil Dead Two, simple, straightforward comics. That is what I've learned from this podcast: is if we talk about a topic, the first comics are direct adaptations yeah. of that source. That's material. typically what they are. But the first one worth talking about is Ashes to Ashes, which picks up exactly where Army of Darkness leaves off. 
So these are Army of Darkness comics. The first issue is called Ashes to Ashes. Joe, I collected these. I have the first five issues. I have weird... Is it, is it five? I didn't know if it was four, five, or six, because it's always somewhere around. I don't there. have all of them, let me tell you that, oh, okay. but I have the first five issues. Um, I have weird variant issue copies for like the second one shop till you drop where it's like the uh you know just black and white covers and stuff oh cool here's my little story so when we went to the book signing for bruce you were allowed to bring two other items as well uh i made my other brothers go so that they could be like all right well you're getting posters signed you'll be getting bobblehead signed i'm gonna get these two comic books signed and when i put them up to him he said oh interesting uh you know i don't see a dime for these right (laughs) Oh, I'm so sorry, Mr. Bruce. No, 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 I'm kidding with you, kid. Come on, give it over here. Signs it. Big Bruce Campbell on it. And they're treasure items, dude. I flip through those all the time. So is that Ashes to Ashes and Shop Till You Drop that you have? Yes, are both signed. Uh, And let me talk a little bit about Ashes to Ashes, because, Joe, you were saying earlier, like, the characters that you want to see continue and cross over. One of the ones that I was, like, obsessed with from Army of Darkness was the girlfriend he brought to the future with him oh, in of one of like the alternate scenarios <laughs> or whatever and I, I just remember as a kid being like the comic talks about her she's a character this is so cool yeah ashes to ashes is insane because you have so so he, he comes back out of the portal right and he realizes that by not saying the words correctly a bunch of stuff had happened and he is in fact back in time but not back to where he left from he's back to when, uh, like, minutes before he had left to go on the cabin trip originally. So it's almost like Back to the Future 2. Totally. Where Bruce Campbell has to stop Bruce Campbell from from fucking it up to make sure he goes back in time to destroy the Necronomicon. Uh, it totally spirals out of control. You have the wise man as his guardian, his his Doc Brown, um, and and Sheila's there. So many and, great characters. Uh, Evil Ash, who I think, I think it's like, he does end Ash up being Prime the, the evil something? villain, yeah. yeah. Oh, yes, because it ends up being a, they do end up going to the future, and you see that it is an evil Bruce has been, or Ash, I'm sorry. I get, I, honestly, the characters They're are the so same. synonymous yeah. to me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that he has been manipulating the events to unfold, because mm-hmm. Ash is working back at S-Mart, which again, gets like taken over, blah, blah, blah. And then like you said, it's all these cool time travel things. Yeah. It's a yeah. great series. And, and Shop Till You Drop, the sequel, you you flash forward to 2015, 50 51 or something like that uh so like evil or ash versus the evil dead ends in this like future post-apocalyptic world the comics did that already he does it and comes back he gets an awesome cyber hand with a bunch of cool functions it's wild yeah yeah again so then you look at the series as these like satisfied fans already and you're like oh it's interesting what you're doing with the stars budget i really liked the uh star wars ripoff stuff where he had a lightsaber chainsaw in one of the futures where you're like oh yes please that happens uh there's also like if you're really into the el jefe the the like mexican folklore influences brujo uh yeah like he he goes to mexico and fights like demons and chupacabras and all that shit in one of the volumes too yeah he becomes a bit of a monster hunter uh in the same line of series we should talk about in the dynamite comic books he also meets obama yeah <laughs> yeah so, so uh, dynamite has had the license Pretty much exclusively going crazy the entire time. And then they've done like weird, like crazy crossovers. Obama, 
uh, Dracula, the classic Universal monsters, Vampirella. Oh, they did the classic Universal monsters. Oh, have you when never read you that one? Said earlier that Bruce would never suffer a fool like Boris Karloff. In my mind, I saw dollar signs flashing <laughs> in front of my eyes as I was like, I would love to see him kill. The Mummy, Frankenstein's Monster, He's Dracula. Oh. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, yeah, I think, like, like, like we said, man, we are t- total experts on this. I There's only a handful of Evil Dead comics or Army of Darkness comics that I haven't read. And there are sequels to ones that I have read that I just didn't care. Because like I said, there's a crossover with fucking everybody. Uh, like, you like Xenon the Warrior Princess? You... <laughs> There's two volumes of them crossing over. That's disgusting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Do you want to talk about, let's talk about the big one. Let's talk about the failed movie, the attempt, the stuff. For a long time, super fans like us knew, knew for a fact that the next movie to be involved in the Nightmare on Elm Street and the Friday the 13th franchise was going to be Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. Oh, man. Could you imagine that masterpiece? I can't. I think about it every day. Yeah. Well, if we never got to see it, unfortunately, but we did get to read it. Uh, so the it, it was all locked up in rights. I mean, this is all everyone wanted to do That's it. New Line versus uh, whoever New Line, owned Paramount yeah. and um, TriStar at the time. Uh, now Sony. Yeah. Now Sony. Um, and like you know, all three of them were literally at different places. In Jason Goes to Hell, the Necronomicon was in the background, and then Freddy Krueger's hand pops out at the end, and that was the, like, holy shit, it's happening. All three of them have been referenced in the same movie. Then we got Freddy vs. Jason. Um, Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash is a comic book that is actually developed off the film treatment for the movie that never happened, written by Jeff Katz. Uh, It follows the characters from that movie. Uh, from Freddy vs. Jason, these surviving characters, an S-Mart opens, Ash is working at the S-Mart, it, and then you get, you know, what you would expect from a Freddy yeah, vs. Jason Yeah, you're talking Jason movie. Ritter's character from the uh, Freddy vs. Jason franchise. And Joe, I love that it does exist, that we do as fans get the payoff, that there was a love and tenderness taken yeah. of like, this exists, let's do something with it. Oh, and it's fascinating to read a comic that's based off a movie treatment that never happened. Uh, and Jeff Katz, the guy who who was an executive producer on Freddy vs. Jason, wrote the treatment for this. Also worked on stuff like um, Snakes on a Plane, Shoot 'Em Up. Like this was kind of his vibe, right? Is he's kind of like, what if B movies were A movies? Um, and you I do get a lot that. of that. Uh, J. Scott Campbell does some beautiful covers for that uh, series, as well as some of the old ones too. Like he has covers for Ashes to Ashes. Um, and there's a ton of like really fun one shots. Have you ever read the one where he fights Santa? <laughs> no. Yeah, it's great. I hope he gets possessed though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's one shots where, like you said, he rescues Obama. Uh, there's one where he runs for president because the Necronomicon tells him that one of the 2016 presidential candidates is a deadite. I just got to get in the same room as him. And he's just got to figure out which one it is. Um, Vampirella, Xena, Elvira, Elvira, Reanimator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are, these Kiss. are, you know, <laughs> macabre movie hour, C list horror coming together to the king. 
Oh, yeah. Like, there's nobody that wouldn't want to be associated with the Evil Dead franchise. Yeah. And I like, I'll tell you, man, they're awesome. Like, I, I really adore these books. They're just, they know exactly what they are. Um, and they, they really are satisfying to read as a super fan of the franchise. Check them out, normies. But now we touched on them just a little bit, but we'll go ahead and talk about the video games inspired by the king, baby. Groovy. We're back. We're talking the video games of the Evil Dead franchise. And this is, you know, this is something where we've, it's Evil Dead. It's interesting, Joe. I don't think I've ever (laughs) been so happy to talk about each aspect of this. You know, when we do these episodes covering each three levels of it, like this is one where truly we just did the comic short. We could do 10 more minutes on the comics. Oh, yeah. We could do 30 minutes on the video yeah. games. It's 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 the only one where I really felt like, man, every segment of these I could do a full show on. And truly. like, oh, you could do a full, a full show on some some really bizarre, weird video games we're about to tell you about. I'm sure... Some people listening are like, you could do a full show on comics where he meets Kiss? Uh, Yes, I could. Yes, I could, and I would. (laughs) But now we're talking all about the video games. Now we're talking all about the video games, and there's just a couple of these that I could expand on forever. Now, the Atari original Evil Dead video game never got my hands on it. Yeah, this is 1984 Commodore... Never played this one. No, I don't have a Commodore 64. Yeah. That is not going to happen. I'm not playing ColecoVision, Joe. <laughs> I'm not getting Evil Dead for it. But it is a, you're just a body in a cabin. Monsters are coming at you. Kill, 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 kill. Very simple. Very pixelated. Yeah, yeah. Very oh. goofy. So let's talk about the first real, what I would call, video game for this franchise. Then that is Evil Dead Hail to the King 2000 PlayStation 1 THQ developer. Oh. Um. This was one where I would see it play in GameStop, like as it was coming out, or you know, it might have actually been Funko Land because GameStops didn't exist yet. If you no, remember it that was franchise, not a GameStop, no, no, you're I don't talking think PlayStation so. One. This was right after Resident Evil came out. I mean, it was vibing on that survival horror aspect. It's like an EB Games or EB Toys, something like something that. Something like even, that. Maybe, EB, yeah. EB Games sounds familiar. Uh, so a TV in the background behind the clerk would play. Evil Dead, Hail to the King, and it would be so fucking scary, Joe. Even as a guy who had seen Evil Dead, I'd be like, well, I'm not going to play that video game. I don't want to get scared all the time. (laughs) I just didn't respect the action elements or the fact that you were part of him. I've watched walkthroughs since then. I still have not played this game because I'm just not getting my hands on a PlayStation at this point. It's not on my Pi for some reason. I have not found an emulator for this one either. This is one that I've been trying to track down. I wonder if it's not out there because that is something that even just as mega fans, you think we would be like, well, yeah, that's the one we got to get our hands on. Normies, if you can find it, let us know because I would love to play through. I mean, my understanding is that it's essentially like a Resident Evil 1. Yes, it is survival horror where you're trying not to get touched. You're literally doing things like if I can get the tool shed open, everything will be great. But half the game is trying to figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I guess this is interesting. It's very true again to the original film. Yeah. And like, 
almost like the movies, the video games, they f- flipped franchises, right? So that's the first one, Halo yes, King. Yes, that's the first one. Now we're going to get good, baby, because we're talking about Fistful of Boomstick, which is it going on my pantheon of top video games? I l- loved this game so fucking much. Um, it was just, you felt like you were, Bruce. Yeah, you it felt was like one, you were I played. I played this game three or four times, man. That's interesting that you say that. This was a rental for me where I got stuck fighting the first Kandarian demon in the um, museum where most of the game takes place very early on part. You haven't even All done any time stuff. travel yeah, you yet. You not go back it's, to the 1800s. But there are no answers. There's no guide online. There's no this. All you have is the fact that when you enter the boss's chamber, he has the shovel in his hand, a weapon that you use for nothing else in the yeah. game. And I remember being like, what do I do? I keep dying. Well, you have to hit the stuff back with the shovel. Madness. Dumb. Yeah. Like when you're a kid, that that means, like, like how would I ever know that? Now, no, now I'm sure if you play tennis versus like, a yeah, demon. This is easy. Um, Voiced by Bruce Campbell, cutscenes that you know, like they're fine for the time. They're a little dated now, you know. Obviously, but the jokes. They try to look now. very cinematic. It opens in a cinematic way where yeah. he's talking to a Chinese guy in ancient China. You get China. the fly cam, and you're like, yeah. "What is this? This is so interesting." Hey, let me tell you a story. And then he just goes into it. He talks about returning to his small town. He talks about it once again, getting infected by deadites, and then it's kind of an open world where you're just going through solving stuff. Yeah. So this picks up like a couple years after Army of the Darkness. All the movies are canon. And, and uh, I think it's like a live unexplained mysteries ripoff show is at the museum and like they're going to read the book through like like holding a special stone or something. Um, a Kandarian summoning stone. Yep. There you go. There it is. Um, yeah, man. I love that game. Uh, Dynamite. That's so interesting <laughs> that you think about it. the one memory that I have associated with the video game is like you can blow up a strip club with dynamite by throwing it near the propane tank and you have to do that to get through the town at one point. But again, another thing where you're like, how do I figure this out? Yeah, it felt very much like um, my Grand Theft Auto 3, if that makes sense. Like It was a game like I know like. Oh, if people saw me playing this game, they wouldn't be happy. But like, just let me <laughs> let me live my life. But I just like navigating this open world. I'm not even really doing the stories at this point. Like once you get to like, um, not medieval times. It's it's what it's like early frontier times, or it's it's, like, it's 1800 civil war times. Civil war time. Yeah. Once you get to that area and you're just walking around old school Dearborn, you yeah, know, and, and just you're sort of in like Michigan. seeing the streets, meeting people, you meet your past relative. You're just like, this is, I just, it's, it brought so much joy to me as a kid. It was oh, yeah. one where we would take it on vacation to play in the car. And then on vacation, my dad would be like, let's go to the beach. And my brother and I would be like, no, we're playing Fistful of Boomstick. Yeah, sorry, we're playing the video game. Um, all voiced by Bruce, like the... You could essentially make your own horde modes. Like you would just hang out in the cemetery and more would deadites would come in. They just run at you, yeah. It was so much fun, and man. And buddy, all you would do is rev up the chainsaw. And I mean, this was before Gears of War. You know, you weren't using yeah. that chainsaw shotgun that you no, use in that was, thing. This this was where that came from, I was like, baby. oh my God, I'm cutting these guys in half. Yeah. A, a staple, man. Um, so that was the, the second one, the the horror comedy. I mean, like, that's really where it hit its stride. That was the one where, again, where you're saying everything's hitting on all levels. Where I would say it then reaches the army of darkness, like, 
Pinnacle is the next game, Evil Dead Regeneration 2005, where it's, okay, we've got Bruce. He's obviously going to play Ash. He's going to play, the world thinks he's crazy. He's locked up in an insane asylum. Other stuff's going on. What if we have a little guy? And he's he's voiced by Ted Raimi, and we yeah. team them up again, and he's like half deadite, and for most of the game you'll play as him. I mean, this uh, is it's a fascinating game because it's a what if. I mean, it's, it's yes, truly, it's what if he never went back in time? Army of Darkness never happened. It's post Evil Dead Two. People yeah. think he killed everyone at that cabin. So he's he is up Ashy in a Slashy. Institution. Yeah, this is Ashy Slashy before before the TV show. Um, and Ted Raimi's, I mean, it's kind of like Prince of Persia. Like the whole point is to figure out the puzzles by killing him over and over again until you can get through it without him dying. Yeah. You can change the the chainsaw into a couple different things. I think by the end it's a fucking flamethrower or something like that. The little guy can, well, yeah, they do that. In all, they, a gas cannon, they do that in Fistful yeah. Boomstick. The little guy in this one can possess other deadites, I believe, as well. Something like that, yeah. This yeah. this I only played this one once. This was a rental. Yeah, yeah again. And I know we're talking, we're saying we're super fans, but we truly are. You know, we can poo-poo oh, this stuff this. and say <laughs> where it's like, this was not as oh. good as Fistful of Boomstick, yeah. and I knew it when I got my hands on it, Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just it just didn't feel the same. Um and I think that's honestly because it was like, well, I know this isn't canon. <laughs> like Exactly. This is like when you're a kid and you're reading it, the TV show didn't exist yet, the remake didn't exist yet. I had read some of the comics, and in the comics, like, yeah, you just fucking fighting monsters like yeah, why couldn't like this it, have happened too exactly it felt like it took the steam out of it by them being like well here's this other weird story and then yeah. people didn't like it and they were like well i guess you don't like evil dead then and it's like, like well no, no i, I do <laughs> yeah, it's like don't yell at me daddy yeah, i love all the things that you've you've set up yeah. over these years god hit me with an open um, hand oh my god <laughs> Uh, with my good hand um <laughs> don't hit me with the stump <laughs> yeah uh i i mean i love evil dead so much there's phone games that i've played uh army of darkness tower defense i, I don't i don't know if that's what it's called but it was a tower defense game <laughs> that a, had sound bites from the movie a game you've brought up on four other podcasts yeah. and on this week's like, i don't know what it's called <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't it's it's an army of darkness tower of defense game uh, if you can find it, you would fucking enjoy it, man. Like it's there, there's sound bites from the original movie, and it's any other tower defense game, but you're fucking Bruce Campbell. It's awesome. I love that, and I love kind of where they're going with the modern stuff. Like he's appearing in games. The character yeah. is getting interested in use, and I think a lot of that has to do with the TV show going away. But you have Dead by Daylight, where again, it's like that Friday the Thirteenth game style, where you're like people getting chased, blah blah blah. But it has a bunch of characters like Ghostface, um, obviously Ash, and a bunch of other ones appearing. Oh, too. Yeah, this week people are making a really big stink when this podcast comes out. They just got the Joe Curry character from uh, Stranger Things. Yeah, you know, and he's the, wearing the ships away. He's wearing the ships away. But people say he, he he sounds like an anime girl when he's getting oh. Ah, he goes like that, and then people will be like, I'm, I'm trying to find this guy, but I think there's a female character around <laughs> me too as well. I've seen a lot of people say that on the subreddit. Oh, boy. Yeah, I haven't played that, but I'm I'm definitely down to. Um, it's going to be hitting the Switch. Now it's our type of game, boys, and so. exactly, my fellow Switch boy. It might be <laughs> something we end up picking up over the Friday the 13th game because it features the hero that yeah. we want in our game. Oh, don't get me wrong. I have the Friday the 13th game too. <laughs> That's true. But, uh, but I can't play as Ash in that one, so... Uh, and obviously we were disappointed a couple episodes ago, I guess 
you know, like two or three months ago, we were like, oh, he's going to be in Mortal Kombat. It's fucking happening. It didn't happen. Instead, we got the Joker. But the leaks said Chainsaw, Joe. The leaks said Chainsaw. They said Terminator. They said Joker. They said Chainsaw. None of the ones we got are Chainsaw-based. Where is it? Everyone who is mean to Bruce on Twitter, and then we should say he kind of fights back, don't bug him. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't, don't bug poke him. Don't poke a bear. A lot of fans try to poke the bear, and eventually yeah. he does growl. Leave Bruce alone, yeah. please. Oh, he looks like that guy from Uncharted. I'm sure he's never heard that one before. Yes, he would love to be in that movie. Yeah. Again, leave him alone, people. <laughs> but uh, you know, his reaction was, aren't you going to be in Mortal Kombat? Aren't you going to be in Mortal Kombat? And he was like, I'm not going to be. Leave us alone and drop it, okay? And then everybody was like, oh, but I thought you said video game news was coming up. Yeah. And he has said there is news coming up. Yeah. But... Because of the provocation, he really isn't sharing it with us. So we don't know what the future is. We don't know what it is, but we know there is something coming with an Evil Dead video game. And that's enough for me to be excited. If you had to pitch, is it a game or is it the character? I I want a game, man. You want Fistful of Boomstick 2? Sure. Yeah, give it to me. But like, or just something on one of these modern engines, blah, blah, yeah, blah. I mean, I want a third-person action-adventure movie with characters I love. Like that's, you know, I want Indiana Jones and the Emperor's Tomb. I want that from everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah like that's that's the only game I want ever always. Uh, if it's not that, then give me a VR experience that's Cabin in the Woods. Ooh, that's spooky. I like um, that. But yeah, like I, if, if, if you, you give me an option, I want a fucking chainsaw hand. I want a boomstick and I want to fight hordes of zombies. Oh, all right. I could see a horde mode. Like you said, it's a VR game. You've got the stick. That's your chainsaw. You're just going vroom, vroom, vroom. Yeah. Just let them run right towards you. Yeah, maybe. Ugh, that would be a letdown. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, like, honestly, I, I got super jazzed over a fucking cell phone game. Anything they bring me, I'm, I'm going to eat up because I love this franchise so much. I got jazzed over a cell phone game. I got my hype up because of a Mortal Kombat I would have bought Mortal Kombat for I that. I would have bought Mortal Kombat for that. And But now our hopes are dashed because we don't know the future. Ugh. It, it makes me nervous. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a market for it, man. Like, there's a reason those comic books have been running since 1992. Like, yeah, the ratings weren't there for stars, but uh, like I said, I got three Ash action figures. There are a ton of merchandising opportunities for all of the franchises, including Ash as a standalone character, Evil Dead as a standalone movie. Like, people eat that shit up. People love this franchise. I, I hope we see more video games. I hope we see more everything, right? Uh, and on that note, normies, let's go ahead and jump into the wrap-up. Um, I think we're finally getting ready to maybe open up the cellar door or, like, call Mike and Jake. I know we've been hearing scratching outside, too, so maybe we'll check on that yeah. in a minute, but let's hit that wrap-up first, they want first, us to normies. join us out there. <laughs> yeah, they keep saying that, but all right, normies, let's hit it. <laughs> up things here with the evil dead franchise on a special spooktacular normies like us um joe just final thoughts here ah i think every other spooktacular episode for the years down the road that we do this podcast are gonna let me down until we talk about evil dead again (laughs) yeah and the second one will just be a little more slapsticky you know we'll we'll do a who's on first bit we'll we'll cut jacob's head off we'll mount it over there he'll start talking to us 
Um, final thoughts. I mean, look, man, I, I adore this franchise. I adore a, a blue collar smarmy hero taken on, uh, odds that are totally stacked against him. I love a horror movie that gives you someone to root for and also makes that someone kind of a jerk and a joke at the same time. I love that sentiment. Let me tell you, man, it's so silly to say I wouldn't be where I am right now if this movie didn't exist. Like if these people in Michigan didn't sit down to make the crappiest thing ever, I wouldn't be in California. But that is true. Um, You know, watching this, I'm, I'm reminded my first time seeing it, I said to my father after saying I'd never seen anything like this. Are those movie stars? And he said, what do you mean? I said, are those, do we know those movie stars? And he said, well, they're the actors in the movie. And I said, but are they famous? He said, no. I said, but how did they make this? And he said, they just did it. Like, that's it for me, man. I mean, it is as, I guess my theme of Spooktober this year is DIY. This was as punk rock as it gets. It was, I'm going to get my buddies. I'm going to rent a fucking cabin for $25 a day. I'm going to take a 16 millimeter camera and I'm going to screwdriver it to a two by four and we're going to run as fast as we can. And that's what they've been doing their entire careers. Ah, so if you're out there and you're like, I want to make Airbnb of the dead, do it. <laughs> yeah, Do it. They tell you to do it. Sam and Bruce want you to do it. We promise you that. And normies, we want you to do it too. Yeah. Um, last recommendations that we didn't hit, comic book section. I forgot to mention uh, Spider-Man and Ash do interact at one point. Uh, I did not know that. I am throwing up right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have uh, Marvel Zombies is obviously a, a huge book. There is... Army of Darkness versus Marvel Zombies, where Ash meets Ash in the Marvel Universe, uh, Doctor Strange, Dazzler, Punisher, Spider-Man, they're all there. It's awesome. The covers are awesome. I highly recommend checking that one out. Uh, I'm dying to get my hands on Fistful of, Boom, or Fistful of Boomstick as an emulator. If anyone knows where I can track that down, please let me know. It's Hail like to the four king, or five any places of them. Yeah, I've checked. Baby. I haven't been able to find any of them. They're remaking all these games. They're doing these HD remasters and stuff, and we're not getting this video game. Come yeah. on. But last of all, Joe, just because you just reminded me of it, I can't believe we did this whole podcast without doing it. Which is your favorite Bruce and Spider-Man character? Is it... The ring announcer, <laughs> snooty usher, or cocky mater d. <laughs> um, my favorite is the cocky mater d because it has the meme. Uh, it has that the I always you, do. I've seen you I laugh so much about him calling over the band. It's sending them away very quickly. Um, it's not the best, but for some reason, when he says "I am French," I, I am lose French. it every fucking time because it's so funny to me. No, um, it's the usher. It has to be. People talk about how he was Mysterio in that moment, and he's the only one to beat Spider-Man. Look, you, hey, it, you look great. No, straighten this out. And um, so, how can I help you? <laughs> it is the narrator of the Spider-Man Two video game. Yes, uh, who who teaches you how to play the game? Uh, no, I mean it's got to be the first one, right? He, the human spider, human spider. That sucks. The amazing. Hey, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. I mean, he gives Spider-Man his name in that universe. That's I right. do. I love the fan theory that he is uh, Mysterio the entire time, though. That's yeah, so and he fun. appears all three times to fuck up Spider-Man's yeah. life. And in the fourth time, they were going to make him Mysterio. Him uh, and Sam, another world, Which man. is like, I mean, you even see influences in the uh, Doc Ock scene. Like, that scene is a scene from Evil Dead. Like, it could be in a cabin in the woods. Totally. Drag me to hell if you haven't seen that one really gets back to Sam Raimi's roots. Um, 
there's a lot of like gross out humor in it, uh, gross out gore, humor, horror, (laughs) like some of my favorite words all thrown into a random sentence. If Sam Raimi was working now, Joe, to your earliest point on this podcast, he wouldn't be doing his ghost house pictures like he's doing right now. He would be doing the David F. Sandberg route where you know he would be working for these low-budget horror companies and just putting out something fucking amazing. Yeah, something like, like us. You know? yeah. exactly. He would be a child of Blumhouse. 100%. And you know, like I, I hope there's another Sam Raimi out there. I, I hope I get to work with them someday. Yes, make the next Evil Dead so that Joe and I can obsess over it, normies. (laughs) And thank you for listening on a special Spooktober episode. Uh, Like we said, we've got a ton more horror content coming for the rest of this week, so check it out. But as always, reach out to us at normies underscore like underscore us with any recommendations, any episodes you'd like to see, or rate, review, and subscribe. We like that as well. Yeah, I mean, it's a a month for horror fans and a year for, you know, anyone who likes all pop culture because we're covering it all from from niche to normie. So be sure to check it out and uh, share with your friends because we always appreciate that. Speaking of friends, finally these guys end up coming over here looking crazy enough and I don't know what the big eyes. (laughs) Jacob's hands and eyes are backwards. Joe, pick up that chainsaw. I think we should just go ahead and start revving up that guy. Just go and go, go, go. Yeah, this is Aquaman, and if you enjoyed that episode, I'd really appreciate it if you give it a like, share, and subscribe on iTunes, and you'd really be one of my man if you share with a friend. We'll be seeing you around. Are all men from the future loud-mouthed braggarts? Nope. Just me, baby. Just me. <laughs>